I'm Stephanie Evans, the principal here at Catholic Ladies College, and welcome to our podcast, Raising Resilience. This podcast series has been created to support you on your parenting and caregiver journey, with new episodes coming out every month. It will give you access to the best insights, information, and tips for navigating important issues. I'll now hand you over to your hosts, Liana, CLC's Head of Students, and Brett, CLC's School Counselor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Episode 3 of Raising Resilience. I'm one of your hosts, Liana, CLC's Head of Students. And my name is Brad. I'm the School Counselor. And Brad, we're back for Episode 3. I'm pretty excited. How about you, Liana? Yes, I am very excited. It's great to have these conversations, get to know a little bit more about uh, the information that we're both seeing and what we're observing amongst our students. And hopefully we're imparting some strategies and tips for our parent community as well. It's mainly really kind of empowering parents to feel more equipped and to be able to work better in terms of having conversations and you know, being able to look out for different signs if obviously their daughters need any type of support. So coming up in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the rise in expectations. And we want to look at the rise in parental expectations, but also the rise in self-expectations amongst our student body. And I want to dive a little bit deeper with you, Brad, on the impact of expectations on mental health and how it's affecting our young people. Perfectionism and expectations, they kind of go hand in hand and it does have the potential and capacity to lead to something a little bit more sinister in terms of presentations. Looking at what these unrealistic expectations look like and really kind of working towards having some strategies around how do we align parent expectations with student expectations as well. I'm just going to pose a question to you, Liana. I suppose as head of students, (laughs) what are you currently seeing in terms of the way expectations is impacting the students at school? It's a really good question. And I just want to say that expectations are healthy and it is healthy and normal to have standards for ourselves and for our children. Yeah. Our parents value education and want the best for their child. But at what point does it become what we want for ourselves and Mm. what we're trying to impart on our young people? Yeah. So you're talking about the concept of potentially projecting parent expectations and potentially stuff that they may have missed growing up in terms of an educational experience onto their kids. Absolutely. Because if you look at the way that education is set up today and the immense opportunities that our students have, it wasn't like that. Mm. It wasn't even like that for me and you when we were at school. When you make that reference, what are you noticing in terms of a difference now compared to potentially the experience of school even five, ten years ago? Yeah, I think it's the real world experiences for me. It's the opportunities that our kids have to go out and experience different ways of thinking, different skill sets and strategies for their tool belt to become modern learners. Yeah, okay. It's a good way of putting it. And the exposure to many different pedagogies and and teaching schools of thought. But as I said, experiences and having really hands-on experiences, they've almost got too much at their feet. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. And that becomes really overwhelming. And so when you've got a plethora of options, well, the bar's rising, you know, because- Everyone is setting this standard for themselves that they have to be the best person they can be because there's so many things that they can choose from to do. 
And so we're seeing this increase in expectations. Yeah, okay. And I suppose looking at it from the viewpoint in terms of mental health, you know, we Mm. look at that kind of rise in parental expectations. Obviously, Mm -hmm. with an ever-changing world, there's ever-changing, you know, wants, desires, and pressures. Yeah. With these pressures and that kind of sense of perfectionism that I was talking about before, the American Psychological Association have actually talked about that it actually can increase neuroticism okay. and then reduce the conscientiousness of kids as they get older as well. So this is something that we need to be, I suppose, really conscious of because it does have a pretty detrimental impact that they've shown that there's been a lot of research around. Do you think, Brad, that's because kids are losing the ability to make choices for themselves because they or they keep thinking or fearing that they have to be a certain way or achieve certain things? Yeah, I I think looking at the nature of how many different forms of information is taking place in terms of what children are processing. You know, we've got social media, we've got parents, we've got friends, Mm. we've got TV, we've got movies. There's so many different platforms that children are absorbing this type of information. So in doing so, being able to make decisions and recognise that perfection is not a reality. No. It doesn't exist. So we need to start, I suppose, looking at well, what's the type of information coming in? How is it promoting the concept of perfectionism? Mm. And are there realistic standards effectively being set? Because I suppose there is an innate fear for a lot of our the children at school about being imperfect in a world that promotes and pushes the idea. You know, we look at social media and the way influencers have quite a an influence poetically yeah. Yeah. on kids these days. So, you know, we have to be really kind of conscious of this. And the darker side, I suppose, of expectation is that kids can start to feel, okay, this is becoming too much, which then eventually leads into, well, I can't go to school because that means there's the chance and potential of failure. And less risk-taking. We see that a lot, that they're really reluctant and scared to take risks because they're scared of the failure of that and what that means. And I think it's very closely linked to the rise in mental health disorders and the prevalence of, you were touching on before, like what they see on social media Mm. is everything is perfect and I need to be that standard or I need to do that. I also see, and you, I, I guess you would see this too, that there's this constant worry about academic failure because the need to receive an A or an A plus is it's heavy. Like there's a there's a burden, I feel, on students' shoulders that they have to reach that because if they don't, they're not at standard. Yeah. When in fact that actually doesn't mean that they're not at standard. It means that they're excelling. And I think for years education has tried to shift mindsets of parents even of educators and of students, that that is not the be-all and end-all and that doesn't mean that you're at standard. It means you're pushing yourself and you're going beyond. That concept around what you were saying with that expectation aspect where if you don't succeed academically Mm. and you fail 
And even th- there's connotations and stigma around the word failure mm. as well. You mm. know, it has power to it. Mm. Well, if I fail this assessment or I fail this task, therefore I am a failure. Yes. So it feeds into this what they call cognitive distortions around all or nothing thinking. Where yeah, it's very absolutely. black and white. There's no yeah. middle ground, there's no, no. grey. So a lot of the work that I do within counselling space is trying to remove that rigidity around the way a lot of the kids think that, you know, it's black or white. It's always or never. So trying to find a middle ground and to kind of work on reframing the way a lot of the kids cognitively think about success and failure. So it's a really important aspect. It's also about normalising that it is okay to make mistakes and it is okay to fail. We were talking last episode about anxiety and the constant fear of worrying about the worst case scenario. And from a young person's mind, if they don't receive a good result, it's the end of the world. It's the end of their academic career. That is it. They're dropping out of school because I can't do this. It's catastrophic. The world is ending. Look, I remember when, and I'll be really vulnerable myself (laughs) here, I was not very good at maths at school. (laughs) I was pushed to do it in year 12. (laughs) I should have listened to myself and not my mother. So you succumbed <laughs> to parental expectations <laughs> and pressures. Did. Okay, okay. And I did not get a very good result in maths in year twelve, mm-hmm. but that's okay. We did learned from that. Did you see it as a reflection of I'm not good enough? No. Look, partly it was because I probably chatted a lot okay. in year twelve maths. Yep. But I hated it, mm-hmm. and I knew that it wasn't a strength of mine. But I felt that I needed to do it mm-hmm. because my parents were enforcing to me that, well, if you don't do that, all of your options are closed. Mm, it limits opportunities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I also remember a time at uni when I failed a subject. How dare you? Now, it was accounting <laughs> and I never did accounting in VCE, yeah. so of course I was going to fail accounting. But I remember times where I received a poor result. And look, for me, they were few and far between, but they're very vivid memories for me because- Kind of left an imprint. Yeah, absolutely. Because I always felt like I needed to be perfect and that I needed to set this standard for myself. But those setbacks or, you know, those sort of dips in my academic career has taught me a lot that about the fact that it is okay to have those moments. There probably were external factors and reasons as to why- I didn't necessarily achieve the result that I wanted and that's okay. But it's learning to become okay with it is the hard part and and we recognise that. And so as adults in the situation, we need to take a step back and think it's actually okay. Like we were talking last episode about the fact that in the end we're going to be okay. Yeah. So if we don't get a result that we want – it's okay. Absolutely. It's hard for our students to think that because particularly if they're uh, exploring the VCE path, that number at the end of year 12, for a lot of them, it's and not for everyone, of 13 years of work. Absolutely. That's how they see and it. it means the next step in my life. Now, we know after six months, nobody it's not necessarily can, the case. Yeah. No one looks at it. Yeah. yeah. But. It is okay to have that expectation and that goal. It's so healthy to have that. Absolutely. But we need to normalise the fact that 
it's okay if we don't get there in the end. I always say to my students, if you can sit back at the end of the day and think, I've put my all into this, I've tried hard, I've tried my hardest, I've done the best that I can. And if you don't come away with the result that you want, that's all that you can ask for. When I'm watching Collingwood, I don't think that because I expect absolute perfection and success all of the time. Yeah, I bet. But it's the same in, you know, in sporting teams. If you can go out there and you play your guts out and you do the best job that you can and you don't walk away with the win, you wake up tomorrow, life goes on. Yeah, correct. Correct. And, you know, I think looking at what we were talking about before in regards to like all or nothing thinking, that there's so many other variables at play around what we can see in terms of signs of that kind of perfectionistic thinking yep. and that excessive type of expectation. If we're kind of primarily just focused on looking at mistakes or mm. that incessant need to recheck work, mm. um, there's a lot around procrastination, excessive worry, and, you know, ultimately av- avoiding taking risks yeah. because, you know, I think what we sometimes forget is risk-taking actually leads to character building and life lessons. It actually saddens me when I see students actively not wanting to take risks and not wanting to take the plunge because when you continue to do that, it becomes the norm. Mm. But it's also closing you off from opportunities to be vulnerable and to fall down. Yeah. You said it before that it develops your character. Like making those mistakes, we have to. Yeah. Life is literally full of mistakes. You've kind of touched on it perfectly there because I think there is a real innate need for parents obviously want to protecting their kids and mm. wanting the best opportunities for them, but also helping and guiding them to carve out a path of their own mm. and that that path isn't essentially paved with perfection. There are going to be ups and downs and there are going to be bends and twists in the road. So understanding that the road to success is never really linear. And, you know, to be able to create a space for the kids to work on understanding what their own empowerment and sense of agency looks like and to recognize, well, okay, I've made a mistake. How do I bounce back from it? Mm. What do I need to do? Correct. What do I need to learn from this experience to allow me to move forward a more well-rounded individual? And you hit the nail on the head. It's about moving forward. It's not about what I didn't do. It's about what did I do well? When I give feedback to students, it's focusing on what they've done well. I can harp on the things that they didn't do, but that's only going to reinforce to them that they've not achieved something. So, you know, something for parents to do at home, if they feel like their child is constantly or, or concerned that they're not achieving their best, take a step back and think, what have they actually done well? Yeah. The sandwich method is a really good thing. It's very important. One thing that you've done well something that you can improve on and then end in on a positive. It's about moving forward. So what do you need to do to propel you forward and where do you still need to go? Correct. And I think looking at just the way I work for myself in particular, this is something I feel really, really passionate about, is that for so long it's been looking at other people through a deficit-based lens Mm. where we think what's not working or, you know, if I ask girls, oh, Talk to me about the qualities that you don't like in yourself. They will roll that off <laughs> so quickly. They can tell you off the top of their head in 100%, an instant. I yeah. ask them, what type of strengths do you have? What 
are the best qualities about yourself and they are stumped. Yeah. So I always kind of provide a level of psychoeducation around, you know, creating the right type of neural pathways and reinforcing them because mm. right now we have got really, really strong attributions to the idea of I know what's wrong with me, but how much time, practice and effort have I put into developing what's good about myself and amplifying that a little bit yeah. more? It is hard to because of course, as a modern society, we are focusing on our imperfections a lot and our vulnerabilities. So in one way we're saying to young people, be vulnerable. Yeah. Talk about what you're worried about and what you don't like and what you're scared of. It's okay to be exposed. Yeah. Yeah. But then on the other hand, we're saying, but don't do that too much. Stay strong. Because, you you know, so it's hard. The right balance. It's 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 an impossible task. Absolutely. So I think- Ways that we can harness the power of expectations yep. or ways that we can develop some some skills in supporting our own expectations, but the expectations of others, is to understand that expectations have the biggest impact on somebody's success. And as a parent, we have a key role in shaping how students see themselves. We are, and you are, the first people that they shape how they want their future to look like to be on. You are their biggest role models. Everything that you do and say, they absorb. Yeah, it's modelling. Absolutely. And on top of that, I think one of the other ways is recognising that too many expectations is unrealistic. You know, this obviously when we feel overwhelmed and overworked, it actually can lead to a decline in achieving those academic results and you know, a decrease in motivation and potentially then you've got an increase in stress levels. So, you know, it's a vicious cycle. Yes, absolutely. And something as well for parents, you know, starting a new school year is a great way to get students motivated, but to help them understand and to reinforce that they can make this year anything that they want it to be. They're the most influenced at the start of a new school year because they can see the road ahead. And at that early point in the year, they can receive the most support before any further self-doubt sets Absolutely. in. Absolutely. So what what language are we using? How are we shaping up the start of a new school year or even a new term? We can start fresh with a new term. How are we shaping this to be and what are we saying? Something else that I like, um, and we've spoken about this before, Brad, is the double standard technique. So what would you tell a close friend to do in the same situation? Yep. How would you approach that with a close friend and embody and model that with your child. Absolutely. And and it's really about the idea of asking, well, if they were in the exact same situation you were, what advice would you give to them? Yes. And then having that child reflect on the advice that they've given because innately they understand what works for them. They understand how to cope, how to work through challenges and pressures. And so it's finding a way or a kind, I suppose a pathway to attributing it to the academic side of things here. So, you know, everyone is different. Yeah. The expectations we have of ourselves is obviously developed from a home environment, from how we absorb the school environment. So looking at these things, being able to use that double standard techniques just allows a bit of reflection, which is really, really important. Um, And I think one of the other things that's really kind of important to mention is We need to, I suppose, look at trying to focus on activities, not achievement. Really kind of within the home space, emphasize the fact of we don't 
always need a, a placing or, you know, oh, that, that was incredible. You know, this is such a reflection of how intelligent you are. It, it, it's more just getting students to work on the idea of doing activities without the attribution of the idea of success. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, setting up a task where there is a high potential to fail is actually a really good learning experience. Yeah. And talking through, well, what did you learn from that? Yeah. You know, what, what, what's How did you feel takeaway? when you did this? Exactly yeah, right. like sort of yeah. focusing on um, what you did during the process rather than the end goal or the outcome. Process-orientated, yeah. not outcome Yeah, Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So I guess just to wrap up, Brad, what we want our parents to know and to remember yeah. is that young people always feel like they're misunderstood. Absolutely. And that, you know, nobody understands them. And I think it's important to acknowledge and validate that, look, in some ways, we probably at the moment don't know what they're going through because we haven't grown up in the world that they have. Uh, yeah, it's a perfect way of putting it. They do see the rise of house prices <laughs> yep. going up, student debt increasing. Those things have a really big influence on their impact. young brains. So, of course, they think, well, if I don't succeed, yeah. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to achieve that. So having conversations about understanding their expectations and coming up with a plan or discourse around what is realistic and what is sustainable at the moment yeah. because things change rapidly. Yeah. And I think, you know, that feeds into the second point, which is really around have a a little bit of a look and a reflection on what your own expectations are mm-hmm. and how they may be projecting towards your child. Yeah. Because I think that's, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the successes of the students. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately we want to make sure that we are setting a tone in terms of, like you said before, being realistic and just really kind of being conscious and self-aware around Mm. what expectations you are bringing to your child. Yeah. And the last thing I just want to say is try to be as flexible and adaptable as you can. If there's anything that we've learned from the past few years is that we need to be flexible. Things are not always going to work out the way that we think that they're going to be. In the end, we will bounce back in one way or another. Yeah. We may not be the person that we were before something happened, but what have we learned during the process and how can we pick ourselves up and move forward? It's always about future-focused behaviours yeah. and future-focused goals. Yeah. But practising a little bit of flexibility, not being too rigid. We'll go a long way. Yeah, yeah, and being compassionate about what someone is going through is crucial. Yeah. Well, that's a nice uh, note to wrap up on. Thanks, Brad. Yeah. So hopefully with what we've spoken about today, it will instill, even if there's a few points that, you know, stick out in your brain and you hold on to, that will be a win from today in my books. Absolutely. Thank you for the support so far. If you like what we are talking about or putting out, please don't forget to press follow on your podcast app and we'll be back in your ears shortly. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Raising Resilience with Catholic Ladies College. If you enjoyed this episode, hit follow on your podcast player to receive future episodes. Let us know what you think by leaving a review. And just a reminder, if you need additional support for yourself or your child, you can contact our wellbeing team here at CLC, your child's homeroom teacher or the year level team leader.